0: Hello, and welcome to the show where we cast our favourite books into film. I'm Flo. I'm Rachel,
1: and I'm Roxanne.
0: And this is Typecast, brought to you by Rare Birds Book Club. This week we're recasting Heathcliff from *Mothering Heights*.
2: Nice.
0: (laughs) Although I do feel
1: like we're getting less confident about introducing ourselves than we used to be. It's like we're getting worse. It's called But you got the title right this time. so.
0: (laughs) I was watching Rachel and she was just caught up in the music, which I think is why she forgot (laughs) to say her name. I
2: didn't didn't forget to say my name. You didn't forget,
0: but there was a delay, as I did the other week. There was a significant delay. I thought I did it right on time. We're all human. We're all human. We're flawed. We are not perfect. Uh, (laughs) Nor are
2: we qualified to have a podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're taking on a biggie this week. We're taking on a classic. It's our first classic of of series two.
2: I think, yeah, let's just, let's get straight down to business.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're only, we are concentrating on Heathcliff just himself this week. But
1: But if you haven't read Wuthering Heights or been subjected to it in a High school class, uh, we've got a synopsis, or I do. In 1801, a man named Lockwood wants to hole up in a cottage on the moors and is curious about the dower landlord, a man named Heathcliff, who lives nearby in an ancient manor called Wuthering Heights, and Lockwood asks the housekeeper Nellie to give him the backstory. Luckily, Nellie remembers everything in minute and florid detail. As a young girl, she worked as a servant at Wuthering Heights when it was owned by Mr. Earnshaw, who had two children, a boy called Hindley and a girl called Cathy. One day he pops off to Liverpool and returns with a young orphan, the aforementioned Heathcliff. Hindley isn't happy about this arrangement, especially as his father loves Heathcliff more than him. But Cathy knows Heathcliff is going to grow into a thirst machine and so the two become close friends. (laughs) When Mr. Earnshaw dies, Hindley takes over and treats Heathcliff as a servant. Activities on the moor are thin on the ground, so Kathy and Heathcliff, in their spare time, take to spying on their neighbours, the Lintons, Edgar and Isabella. The Lintons discover this and decide they like Kathy, but not Heathcliff, who is viewed as nothing more than a vagrant. Nelly, at this point, skips two years for some reason, and Kathy is now engaged to Edgar, but confesses to Nelly that who she really loves is Heathcliff. Heathcliff is eavesdropping at the time, but only hears the bit where Kathy says she can't marry him because of his low status and flees. In a totally believable way, Kathy falls gravely ill, but still manages to marry Edgar. Three years later Heathcliff returns and he's super wealthy now. The details aren't important. He's all glowed up and ready to venge. So he starts moving in on Kathy's sister-in-law Isabella, but Edgar, angered by this, banishes Heathcliff from the house. Kathy in turn locks herself in a room and refuses food. Oh, and she's pregnant. Meanwhile, Heathcliff secures Wuthering Heights from a gambling hindley and marries Isabella, but visits a dying Cathy in secret and they are mad and in love and mad. But Cathy dies shortly after giving birth to her daughter. At her grave, a distraught Heathcliff begs Cathy's spirit to haunt him forever. Things get weird after that. Cathy's daughter shacks up with Heathcliff's son, but he dies, so then she marries her cousin and because they've kept it all in the family, they inherit the Linton estate and Wuthering Heights. Heathcliff is still chasing Kathy's ghost, haunted by her memory. Desperate to be reunited with her, he dies on the moors in a totally believable way.
0: (laughs) I I get the feeling
1: you (sighs) don't love this book somehow. (laughs) It's ten out of ten insane. That's the thing about this book. That's that's what it is. It it's just. Do you know what it is? I really loved all the Heathcliff and Kathy C- stuff, but as soon as it was like, oh, multiple generations, blah, 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 it's going on forever, you know, that that stuff. The I,
0: names I like. are very confusing, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It sort of feels like she's deliberately trying to confuse us with the names.
1: Like we were talking about with Jane Eyre, funnily enough, it's it, the book is extremely melodramatic, and when you're reading it, you really get into it. But it was so funny. When I was writing the synopsis, I was like, sorry – Like she, she, she stops eating for a few days, and that just damages her health forever. And then she's obviously just gonna die, like that kind of thing. Um, I just thought it was she's lovesick. (laughs) lovesick. (laughs) Heathcliff coming back, and he's wealthy, but you never find out how he got wealthy. But no, no shade on Wuthering Heights. I actually do. I think a
0: little bit of shade, but yeah, a little bit of shade.
1: I'm
2: glad someone has finally exposed (laughs) Wuthering Heights for, for what it is, which is complete insanity okay let's start at the top first of all who the fuck is lockwood like go away (laughs) oh he is such a pain in the ass he is stupid lockwood framing device where it's like oh please Nelly, tell me the story oh interesting well return back oh look at that the ending like (laughs) go away for He's a so nosy away. as
0: well. He's like, I have to stay in your house tonight. And then he reads all of her diaries and stuff. It's like, stay out of it, Lockwood. He's the original intrusive
2: Airbnb guest.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but also yeah. Nellie, her recall is just, I just love that she just remembers every single detail and then just skips. Oh, it's like, <laughs> oh, Nelly, get a life. Like <laughs> 10 years, two years, three years, 10 years.
0: <laughs> Look, this is how they wrote books back in those <laughs> times, okay? A framing device is very popular. <laughs> It's just the way it was.
2: So Lockwood is the first person that we meet that sucks, and then, <laughs> and then it's just basically downhill from there. Like most of them suck, though.
1: Is there a single good character in this book? They're all horrible. Hatton, probably. he's good. He's, uh, he, he's yeah, and, all right. Yeah, and
0: young Catherine's all right, isn't she? I mean, that's the whole—that's the whole point, isn't it? It's like the redemption of all of their silly, selfish, vindictive deeds through their, you know, the next generation.
2: This is the thing about Wuthering Heights for me. Over the year like you talk about Wuthering Heights like it's a romance. And it's just the worst romance in the world. It's like it's the same as Romeo and Juliet, which I also hate.
0: These are not good love stories. These are horrible people who just like end up dead. It is romantic. It's, it's sort sort of- not a romance, but it is romantic. Her speech that she that she gives to, to Nelly, where she's like, you
1: know, I am my,
0: my love for edgar is at this and my love for heathcliff is the rocks and i am heathcliff well, that's great mm-hmm. like, that i mean mm-hmm. it's super melodramatic but it's very rousing
2: that is well, rousing. If only
0: she had said that to heathcliff
2: <laughs> don't tell nelly <laughs> why are you sitting by the fire telling nelly go tell heathcliff <laughs> but it's, 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 it's a
0: tragedy that's the whole
2: point they you know. she's when she's talking to Nellie, she's like, yeah, Nellie, like my love for Heathcliff is like the rocks.
0: When she's talking to Heathcliff, she's like, well, if you're going to be a little bitch, I'm not going to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I do like Edgar, okay? But that's I the mean, thing. That's what makes her such an interesting character.
1: What you have is basically a teenage romance because the the big portion of their romance is when they're teenagers and they are so bratty and awful and cruel which I feel is quite accurate to teenage relationships that's true and the melodrama I think is very well rendered and you know the Bronte sisters what they all died in their 20s early 30s you know so so there is that sort of youth if I don't have you I'll die but I also don't want you to be with anyone else
2: (laughs) Heathcliff is meant to be hot
1: I was like, he's. I think. I don't think. I he, think he has to be hot. I think I don't he has, think he has to, be to be hot. No, I think he has to be mesmerizing. Surely, because I put out he's with all that. He's got to have guff. murder
0: eyes. I love the way that their characters. I love how vindictive and judgmental Kathy is. But you still. I don't know. I still. You still really like her, and I just think that's so interesting that. In any other book, like they would be the villains. If you put these people in Jane, Eyre, they would be the villains. But they're the focus and they're the center mm. of this book, and and you do care about them.
1: I think it I love is that it isn't like anything else. I think in the canon that you come across often, high school especially, and I think it struck me as being whoa, This is this is really dark. What I find most
2: impressive about Wuthering Heights is. Not so much the story itself, but just the idea of the woman who wrote the story. And, you know, when it came out, it was like, it was really popular, but it had like mixed reviews. Like everyone was like, ooh, this is really dark. Mm. This is really disturbed. Like this. And it, everyone called it like a startling work of imagination, which I actually really agree with. Cause when you think about this sort of young woman living the life she would have been living and mm-hmm. writing this story and then just publishing it at a time when women were not really even publishing books under their own names. It's like, that is very exciting to think about. Like the the sort of bravery behind this kind of deranged story, her writing it and being like, oh, this is crazy,
0: this is crazy. And then
2: publishing it. And this scene
0: is kind of immoral and
1: scandalous, isn't it? Kathy and Heathcliff are constantly talking about what's going on inside their heads and their feelings, which is really interesting as well. And they they express it often. It's not just things happening to them. The tragedy is self-made. And I find that, the most interesting aspect of the story that really they're their own worst enemies yes there are mitigating circumstances outside but mostly the tragedy is because they go from one bad decision to the other and they're caught in this sort of toxic sort of obsessive cycle
0: yeah I mean we're, <laughs> we're all either a Jaina or a Wuthering Heights girl right which one are you I feel like you're kind of a Wuthering, I'm a Heights, Wuthering girl. Heights girl for sure I find Jaina kind of prissy by like embarrassing
1: I would say, oddly, that I'm a Wuthering Heights girl over Jane Eyre, too. You both make me sad. <laughs> I mean,
2: Even though I'm not a huge fan of Heathcliff, I like him better than stupid Edgar. Oh, yeah. Edgar's Like lame. literature's original wiener. Mm. <laughs> He's mm-hmm. the worst.
1: Please someone get that on a quote of Book jacket.
0: Um, Is he better or worse than uh, St. John? Oh, Sinjin's worse. Worse. (laughs) He's worse than Sinjin. Okay, interesting. Yeah,
2: because at least Sinjin is like, I want to go and be a missionary, and it's practical that you should live as my wife. Like he's got purpose. Edgar is just a wiener. (laughs) (laughs) No, like no backbone. He's like, oh come on, let's like gang up against Heathcliff. Like Heathcliff, I don't want you in my house. Like, and as he's like ill and dying, he's like, Catherine, don't you know Heathcliff hates me? He's doing this to get, and he was kind of actually right, but. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a correct wiener.
2: Like many of the classics, a lot of us come to them through the adaptations for the first time. If you have seen the film, but not read the book, um, you're probably in the majority there. So don't feel bad if you haven't read it, because a lot of us know these classics through the films. So, so I,
0: I did a little bit of studying uh, on the Wikipedia page. Um By my calculations, there have been 14 English language adaptations, not counting modern adaptations, which is a whole other killer fish, since 1939. So on average, an adaptation of Wuthering Heights every 5.7 years, which does mean that we're overdue, as the last one was in 2011. Uh,
1: We have differing views on who's played the best Heathcliff in the past because I am a huge – even though the film, the 1970 film – is kind of terrible. But Timothy Dalton as Heathcliff, he is the best Heathcliff.
0: I notable. think this is a tricky one. one. I think this is a tricky one. I mean, I think the Tom Hardy one is probably quite well known, at least in the UK. Oh, and that's
1: true. That's true. But it, it, i tell you what, because I think I think Timothy Dalton plays the perfect Heathcliff because he has this kind of reckless, just bubbling below the surface, like, fury as he as he plays the role and he's he's magnetic even when he's being really cruel and horrible and i mean he is smoking in it too That's i to say this is like this th- this is the thirstiest description of timothy dalton i think i've ever heard he's
0: just reckless
1: i i love him so much i will watch him in anything
0: i did notice that when you first said timothy dalton's names your your eyes kind of Closed really gently, <laughs> sort of tenderly. Like it was very reverent. Yeah,
2: <laughs> his hair in that film is incredibly distracting. Like he looks like a member of the Beatles in his, and then in <laughs> oh, his yeah, like it's little a, riding a shag, dress.
0: Isn't yeah, always yeah. oh, <laughs> a stag. Rafe finds hair in, in his adaptation is also so stupid. Greasy. It's like Snape hair.
1: Uh sorry. The worst hair is by far Tom Hardy's hair in the Tom Hardy adaptation. It's so bad it looks like a wig. And I'm pretty sure it was his real hair. It's Timothy Dalton for you. Flo, who's your favorite Heathcliff?
0: I don't really have one, to be honest.
2: Which is, oh, so which is your favorite adaptation then?
0: Probably the Tom Hardy one. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm not crazy about it, but I feel like mm. because it's a TV one, it has a bit more room to breathe. It mm. kind of does better justice to the story because it's such a long book and there's so much going on in it. You know, it's like a lot of the films just kind of fall short. Although I will say that I love Juliette Binoche in the Ray Fiennes one. I think she's great in it. Really? Apart from the fact that she is extremely French. <laughs> she's like, Heathcliff, what are you doing? She slightly takes you out me. of it. <laughs> we should also else eh. talk about the Andrea Arnold one, which came out in 2011, um, which is very notable because she cast a black actor to play Heathcliff.
1: Which I think is a great great idea because first off the way Heathcliff is described it is I mean it does kind of sound like he's black or mixed race well or- I think that's
0: the thing is that there's actually nothing in the book that points to him being a white man yeah, yeah. you yeah. know he's he's described as like dark-skinned and the way that he is treated by the other characters you know as he is othered by them a lot yeah. so it kind of fits that he isn't white Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
1: thought that I thought that was really really uh, clever casting. Can I ask? Oh, like, but it, you know, is it even clever? Is it just faithful? Like,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: well, that's true. You know what I mean, that's because he's
2: descri- He is his description in the book is that he has dark skin. All the Heathcliffs up till now have just probably kind of been they've just whitewashed him. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, no, and it's 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 so true. Um, I never saw that adaptation. What what was it like? Was it good? I heard sort of mixed reviews.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was really excited for it because I really like Andrea Arnold's films, but, you know, she's famous for kind of her naturalism and it is not a naturalistic book, (laughs) you know, and it's kind of, you can't set up that naturalistic look and feel and then have the characters kind of delivering these very melodramatic lines.
1: I mean, it's hard, especially those 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 big speeches. The one he, the 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 one, the two that really stand out in my mind is the big sort of. I do actually find them moving. Is the I am Heathcliff speech, where where she talks about how her love is like the rocks beneath the moors, and then also when Heathcliff is uh sort of cursing Kathy after she dies to haunt him forever, and and yeah, that's those great that yeah that's that's that genuinely is so moving and sad um both speeches but yeah i don't know how you do that naturalistically you have to sort of be swept up in the the, the sort of beauty and drama of it all
2: mm-hmm. yeah and i think tom hardy you know carries that off flawlessly when he goes insane and digs her up and
0: yeah i think he does that well. last <laughs> yeah
2: cuddles with her skeleton <laughs>
1: You just can't do that naturalistically. You
0: just can't. Oh, yes. I'd also like to draw attention to to modern adaptations. Okay. An MTV one in 2003. I'm already on board. Where Heath Clither is called Heath and he rides a motorbike and Catherine Heigl's in it as Isabella Linton.
1: Oh, my (laughs) god, she would actually be good Isabella Linton, to be fair, but –
0: and then apparently there's also been a more recent one. Oh, in 2015 there was a made-for-TV film called Wuthering High School.
2: <laughs> is that the one? Is that the one you sent me the trailer of? Yeah.
0: What? To be fair, the trailer for that
2: film is probably something I would have liked at the age of like 14.
1: It's yeah. honestly Wuthering Heights for a modern adaptation could only be a high school adaptation.
2: Let's get down to business. So we're just gonna start from the top, take it from the top, do a few rules. Is everyone paying close attention to this? I'm not gonna name names here, but I just wanna make sure.
1: I broke one rule. I broke one rule. Am I gonna have to live with this forever? Yes. (laughs) Yes.
2: Rule one, no daddies. Rule number two, they must be actors. And rule number three is you have to cast them as they are now, not as they once were. So, for example, the Julie Andrews of today, not the Julie Andrews of the Sound of Music fame. Wonderful (laughs) though she is.
1: But still alive. Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
2: Because we can never actually agree on casting at the end of the day, we're going to take a sort of a new direction and we're going to select the most inspired pick of the week. And then we're also going to select the shittest pick of the week. So in a nutshell, there's going to be a bestie and a worstie at the end of this episode. <laughs> and, we'll, <laughs> and we'll see who's who.
0: I mean, a bestie and worstie. <laughs>
2: So today, what we're going to do is we're going to cast a contemporary Heathcliff. So if we were doing a a reimagining that was taking place in 2020, who's our Heathcliff? And then we're going to do the period face Heathcliff.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A classic Heathcliff, if you will.
2: A a classic Heathcliff, and you can interpret it that any way you want. If you want to go dreamy, you want to go realistic, mix of the two. That's fine,
0: but I think it's quite clear that none of us really know what either of those things mean. <laughs> no. No, just, <laughs> so this is better. That's why I we had to change it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what does? Should we discuss like what we're we're looking for in our Heathcliff's?
2: Yes. So I'm looking for basically the worst person in the world. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Simple. Okay, got it.
1: I'm looking for Timothy Dalton. So you know, handsome. But like intense, like really, like if I can get that and, sort of fiery energy,
2: and a sort of shaggy sixties haircut, or
1: Oh, uh, if the haircut's everything, but that was hard to find, I tell you. you no, know, but I mean, uh, for me, I think I'm I'm looking for for a mix of intensity and recklessness, that kind of energy. I like that that kind of interpretation of Heathcliff.
0: Yeah, he has to seem dangerous. Mm, that's a good word for it. I think. I have found this hard and I feel like the kind of golden age of actors for this role has sort of passed us by now oh because gosh, once upon a time it was kind of glamorous to be, you know, like an alcoholic in and in who in was really abusive <laughs> to everyone on the set, like Oliver Reed or something. It's not really cool anymore. So no. No. It's sort no, of you just, it's hard you to just find actors to kind of exude that sort yeah. of air of menace. These, it's cool well, to they be kind.
2: Don't, now
1: they just don't exude it openly anymore. That's the problem. You just find out about it in a That's horrible way yeah, ten years later. <laughs> um, but I would agree because even even some of the actors that sort of first occurred to me that have that sort of like simmering energy, even I just it was it was so hard because even like ten years ago, not that I would have cast him in this role, but but you know how like Brad Pitt has that sort of like. Simmering sort of wild yeah, energy. I'm stop no? you there. No, no. She's I'm gonna just stop you right there. I Brad would never caught Heathcliff. Brad Pitt. Does I, not- I, just Pitt. Like- <laughs> I just meant like I just meant. Do you know who Brad Pitt is? <laughs> yes. But think of him. <laughs> I well, we found our dunce the week. Of. <laughs> <sighs> I That's didn't suggest it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I did not. Suggestive. I was just saying the, that kind the of like manly.
2: Brooding energy of breath.
1: Oh my God, in seven? <laughs> mm.
2: I just can't stop thinking of him in a Interview with the Vampire, where he's like
1: the biggest, saddest wuss ever. He's like, oh, and Ed- it- he's got
0: actually the Edgar Linton vibes in that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Interview with the Vampire was so good.
0: Oh, we should recast
1: it because that's a Oh great my God, awesome. we totally should. Yeah.
2: One question I did want to ask the group which is irrelevant because we've all already cast it, but age for Heathcliff. Which age were you casting?
1: I don't know. I I, I stuck around the 30s, someone young enough to sort of portray him in his early 20s, but also convincingly a bit later on.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was sort of just going, you know, it was more important for me to find the right actor and then kind of just be like, okay, yeah, age is fine. But yeah, mid-late 30s I think is – it's appropriate because that's kind of the age he is when you meet him at the start of the book.
1: What, how, what, what age did you cast him?
0: A little bit older, to be honest. Heathcliff just is old to me. <laughs> Worst person in the world. Old. Okay, cool. Got it. Not Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs>
2: what would Heathcliff's job be in a contemporary version?
0: Oh, good question. Maybe he should make glass ornaments. <laughs>
1: Maybe you should roam the beach looking for glass. I mm. have a su- I have a suggestion. A motorcycle builder. <laughs> Go on. Okay.
2: <laughs> so they're po- they're all, the whole all of the cast are posh kids mm-hmm. at like a boarding school or when they're a little bit older at like Oxford or whatever. And Heathcliff is the scholarship kid, and Edgar Lincoln- Linton goes on to become prime minister. Oh. And Heathcliff emerges basically as like a dominant Cummings figure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my he's god! Just, he's sort of pulling.
2: He's pulling the strings behind the scenes. He gets close to Edgar Linton because they're childhood friends. And he's like, "I'll help you, mate," and then he destroys him, or helps him <laughs> destroy <laughs> himself. <laughs>
1: I mean, that is a much older cast that you're looking at. If I mean, that's beyond the 30s for sure. That's like a crown adaptation.
0: It's very (laughs) original, Rachel, and I and I commend you for that.
2: Let's get this over with.
0: <laughs> yes, let's let's do this, Rachel. You can't first. wait to
1: disappoint our many fans. I'll,
0: I'll get it. I'll yeah. I'll go first,
2: and we'll start with the class. We'll start with our classic Heath clip. Mm. Period.
0: We'll start with period face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Proper period face.
0: Yep. I mean, we're all clearly just going to say Brad Pitt anyway, so yeah. Well, there of, we go. No uh, point. Really choice.
2: choice.
1: Inspired. Really choice.
2: Spiked my guns when you said Brad Pitt. There, I was like, well,
1: <laughs> "Who am I supposed to say now?" I meant his energy. <laughs> that was so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it is. No, Brad
2: Pitt mm-hmm, does not mm-hmm. have Heathcliff no, energy. He, Michael not- Fassbender has Heathcliff energy.
1: Yes, agreed. 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 Is well, that I'm your agreeing. suggestion?
2: No, well, then get because him out of your mouth. Well, we talked to him, we talked about him a lot in in Jane Eyre, but I would also I would say that there are many parallels between Rochester and Heathcliff, except Rochester is a little more genteel, and so yes. he doesn't go full he has revenge forever. Than yeah, Heathcliff yeah. Right. So my f- my my suggestion for the classic readaptation of Heathcliff, and I've gone a little bit older here. So just bear with me, but I th- I think he could be perfect is Mark Strong.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, he'd be, he'd be good. He is old, Keith Cliff, but he, how, how?
2: So Mark Strong, if I mean, uh, you don't know who we're talking old. about, Mark Strong was uh, Septimus in Stardust. He was in uh, Young Victoria. Is that what that film's called with Emily Blunt? Yeah. I mean, he's fifty-six. What else, what else is he in? No, he's not. not.
1: Yes, he is. He's in his fifties. Yeah, he's way. He's. I mean, that that's that's way too old for Heathcliff.
0: Okay, he does we were not look. We just talking
1: about what a teenage adaptation it is, unless.
0: Yeah, but I mean, he, really, the older Heathcliff, when he's I'm, got like adult yeah. children, is in, yeah, is in yeah. yeah. I feel Which like is, just personally, I, I I often say that they are too old, and I'm trying to move away from from that ageism. Ageism. So. I'm just gonna say, yeah, I like it.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> the thing I mean but the means, thing is is that as an older Heathcliff, bulk, absolutely, but the I mean the book is takes place in
2: present tense. Like Nellie's telling, you know, she's like, Oh, back in the day when they were teenagers, but the the in the book, the present day Heathcliff is older because he has to have yeah. an eighteen year old I mean child, I so it's g- not it's not actually that
0: ridiculous.
1: They could see his
0: face younger.
1: Vic- he doesn't look old either. <laughs> a, Victor- a Victorian, Victorian, Heath, eighteen-year-old Heathcliff probably does look like he's in his fifties. But I just and Mark yeah. Strong's a great choice vibe-wise. But the bulk of yeah, the, the film does you know the 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 film will be have older Heathcliff. But for the majority of it, for his like whole affair with Kathy and that whole. The whole first half is him, like, in his 20s.
0: I think it works. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Maybe we could find 56. a young actor to play a young version of him for, like, the first episode or something.
2: If we, if we have time at the end, I'll tell you who I didn't say, who didn't make the cut.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> you might like it better.
1: So
0: I mean, that, yeah, yeah that's I mean, my choice, and I think yeah. very strong. I think I think Mark Strong yeah, is very strong. Strong choice, strong choice. He has that intensity. He has a slightly feral energy to him sometimes.
2: Yeah, like you could see him being really mad. You could see him like pledging revenge, but also having a sensitive heart that makes him wish that his dead lover would haunt him for the rest of his life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Make him wish he had a time machine so he could go back thirty years and play this role. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, All right, Rox, Who do you like? <laughs> I know <then? laughs> I'm, I'm going to get brutalized now. Um, so my choice for like the classic interpretation is uh, Jacob Anderson. So he played most notably Grey Worm in Game of Thrones and was Dean Thomas in Broadchurch. And uh, I don't know. I just I, I I thought in Game of Thrones he had this really again like this sort of in, intense energy and also you know, he's he's a black actor and I think that would be, you know, faithful to the book as we were discussing earlier. Um, I think he's too much of a sweetie.
0: I I don't think he has the kind of wild, crazy energy that Heathcliff needs. Mm -hmm. I'm just
2: just looking at an image search of him and he's just like jolly and smiling in every single one.
1: I mean, he's, I don't think he's too jolly and smiling. (laughs) (laughs) I think he could do it. I think he could do it and I think he would bring a sort of nice – Nice energy to it, but I know what you mean by him saying he's 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 a bit sweet. But I mean, look, I do. He's quite I mean, sort
0: of slight as well. Yeah, and I just he? don't think he necessarily has that kind of looming presence. He's always
1: getting beaten
0: up by Hindley.
1: I think he is kind of slight. No, he's but they have slight. to gang. They have to
0: gang up on him. No, he's not. He's got They're wide of him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want to see a quote for that.
0: <laughs> well, sh- he's compared to. Nelly like, compares him to Edgar and is like, oh, Edgar looks like a little wiener compared to him. I'm paraphrasing, but.
2: <laughs> is he evil enough for lifelong revenge? Mm. Think about that. He has to, he yeah. has to be bitter for the, his entire life. His bitterness kills him. His bitterness destroys everything around him.
0: Yeah, I mean. His bitterness that, that causes crime. him to commit crime. I feel like Jacob I Anderson would, right. would be a better, like, Hairton. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, the sort of, because yeah. I see him, I, I, I think he sort of skews young as well. And so I can see him being that kind of slightly and, naive and kind of troubled boy who kind of grows into a, a sort of really decent young man. Right, Yeah. I'm excited Did about you? this. Okay. My choice is Marwan Kanzari. Now, you may not recognize the name, but when I tell you that he played a certain Mr. Jafar... In the 2019 live action adaptation (gasps) of Aladdin,
1: oh my (laughs) god, (laughs) that's fucking perfect, right? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) that is that is that is pretty inspired. I I gotta say, because he is hot,
0: Mm -hmm. but he's got those blazing murder eyes. Oh, and he was that the was best nice. Jafar ever as well.
1: <laughs> he was a like good get That
0: sort of simmering, barely repressed rage and resentment. Marwan Kanzari, he is a Dutch Tunisian actor. Yeah. And I think he's 37. And I th- I think pretty much Aladdin is, the, is his breakthrough role. But I just think, I think he's got a, a good look for it. You know, we've spoken about Heathcliff not being played by a white actor and... I just think it would be give it a really interesting dynamic. And I just I just keep coming back to those blazing eyes and just thinking mm. I can see I can see revenge in those eyes. That is a bitter man. Mm. Yeah, for sure. He's, he's also very handsome, which which is yeah. nice.
2: He's very compelling. Like he's like in Aladdin, that was what made him so good. He's, he, you are kind of drawn to him and repelled by him at the same time.
0: Yeah, and he does a good job with making Jafar's character seem sort of real and rounded and kind of having yeah. a sense of a backstory, you know, and he's, he's yeah, really like ambitious. Evil.
2: And he's I sort of driven imagine.
0: to sort of like build himself up from nothing, which is very Heathcliff vibes. Do you think he could do a northern accent? This actually I was thinking about and I was like, I don't really see the issue with Heathcliff having, you know, an, a non-UK accent because mm. if he's brought over when he's like about 12 or 13, you know, if he's come from somewhere, if he doesn't speak English know, mm. really has to learn the language and then he also disappears again for ages. You don't know where he's gone. He might have gone to the Netherlands and topped (laughs) up his accent and then come back again. So And
2: done a Yeah, it makes perfect sense. He's he went to the Netherlands and like became a tulip baron. Yes. Yes. Traded tulips until the market crashed and then brought that money back. Oh my god, oh my god.
1: Dirty
0: tulip filthy tulip money.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it. That's so good. So yeah. yeah. I, I I I'm not on. I'm
0: not hung up on the actor being able to nail a kind of Yorkshire accent. I don't think that no. the book lives or dies. On I that. mean,
1: not almost none of them have any right? <laughs> No. <laughs> it's just I think like one or two managed it and the rest were just real pastiches. I really think I am gonna be the dunce this week, aren't I? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Brad Pitt certainly was. <laughs> I meant his energy. Brad Pitt's energy is the dunce this week. I disagree with that. (laughs) I I didn't say he would make a good Heathcliff. Like
2: you defending yourself by saying Brad Pitt's energy doesn't make it better. It almost makes it worse. (laughs) I have an incredibly inspired suggestion for a contemporary Heathcliff.
1: My casting for
2: a contemporary version of Heathcliff. So a 2020 Heathcliff, Christian Bale.
1: I like that. That's yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. I think yeah, that's I really that. good. You know, well with the contemporary version, I really don't think you'd need to worry so much about the age because you could just place him in and Particularly- I could totally see him as Dominic Cummings.
0: <laughs> yeah, he 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 could he would nail Dominic Cummings actually. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like Christian so- Bale could absolutely do petty revenge yeah. for a lifetime. Oh yeah.
1: That is actually the more I think about it. The more perfect that seems, that's really good. That's because Christian, uh, yeah. Christian
2: Bale is a really good actor, so mm. he could give dimension to Heathcliff. Because you have to, you have to like Heathcliff, mm-hmm. and, and he, so, on some level, and but he can also be just such a jerk.
0: Like he's very good at playing like an asshole. You know what yeah, I mean? The only problem so. is, is
1: how method will he go? <laughs>
0: he definitely has. Choice. Yeah, he definitely yeah. has Heathcliff energy. Yeah.
1: My contemporary. So I have mentioned this actor before, but I actually think he would make a good, good Heathcliff. Um, Jack O'Connor. Jack, sorry, not Jack O'Connor. Jack O'Connell, who um, played Jamie Cook in Skins and Roy Good in Godless, and he was also in Unbroken. He's great, and yeah, I just, I was I, considering
2: him in my research as well.
1: Yeah, I think he's. I, again, I, I I think he has just good energy for it. You know, he's, he's, he's got what, what I think I like about Jack O'Connell in particular is I think he could do the vulnerable side of Heathcliff because Heathcliff is quite vulnerable. I mean, he's angry and he's cruel and he's all these things, but he's actually a a vulnerable kid as well that comes into this family. He's, He's treated well at first, but then terribly mistreated. You don't know what happened to him as a kid. So, I think he would bring that that kind of like fuller, uh, I don't know, realization of Heathcliff. So,
0: yeah, yeah, I think I think he could he could do it definitely. Probably less the Dominic Cummings adaptation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Probably. Yeah, mine I I would be, mine
0: would be yeah. that's <laughs> completely taken hold of your imagination.
1: <laughs> mine's mine's the Oxford scholarship <laughs> adaptation he's going to his school he's just trying to make it you know he gets him with the crowd mine's the normal people adaptation of (laughs)
0: of this one Mm, nice nice I was just thinking like what what is a way that you could make this contemporary version just different and interesting and so I thought you know why not make Heathcliff a woman
1: (laughs) oh that actually continue
0: I mean, I think it's sort of we're listening. I, I don't know what you'd do with the casting of Kathy. Whether you'd keep Kathy as a woman or do a sort of gender swap, but either way, I think it, I think I just think it's an interesting take on it. Um, and so, actually, when I thought of this actress, I first thought, you know, my first thought was she'd be a good Kathy, but then also because of that, she'd be a good Heathcliff. And mm-hmm. Rachel, you're going to hate me for saying this because you haven't seen it, but Anya Chalotra. Who plays um, Jennifer? Uh, sorry, Jennifer Vengerberg in The Witcher is my choice for this.
1: Oh yeah, I, she would actually make an amazing Kathy. She, yeah, I can see how you got that, yeah. and she would make a. I mean, that character Yennefer Jennifer is quite Heathcliffy.
2: Yeah, she, you know what would be quite a like. I like that idea for a um, a mod, like a contemporary adaptation, because what you need a device to keep. Heathcliff and Kathy apart for life, and mm-hmm. what would make Heathcliff go more insane than
0: mm-hmm.
2: like it's like if they were lesbians and she was like, I'm just gonna marry a dude now.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's um, really good. I love this actress. She's like only 23, but she's like in, got an incredible presence and kind of confidence. Oh, she does. Mm. And this character that she plays in The Witcher is basically, you know, come up from nothing and sort of forced into this quite brutal life. Um, and becomes like a mage but the whole thing with her is that her power is kind of driven by her emotions and she can't always control it and she becomes this very kind of resentful kind of bitter angry person who kind of is just out for herself which is very Heathcliffy
2: that is a big that's possibly your biggest curveball ever
0: yeah and I like it like I'm going for that for that inspiration hat, <laughs>
1: I know. Seriously, I've clearly, <laughs> done <in>
0: for it. <laughs> Do you want
2: me to tell you who my other Heathcliff contender was? Oh yeah, yeah, I was, yeah like yeah. a Go younger Heathcliff. Okay, don't get mad. Daniel Radcliffe.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Rachel. That's worse than Brad Pitt. Come on.
1: <laughs> if anything, that just makes me happy because it's so <laughs> much worse than Brad Pitt. Why did he say that?
2: <laughs> have you seen the woman in black? Yeah. yeah he's great yeah, so in that. He could, he could have <laughs> he,
0: dark he energy. Have,
1: he doesn't have anything to do with Heathcliff, apart from
0: hanging out with ghosts. He's got quite thick black eyebrows, I suppose.
2: Look, we know he can do a long feud. I've seen Harry Potter. That goes on forever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can we just break here and tell you a story about Rachel and Harry Potter? <laughs> She had never read the books, but also didn't want to see the films. But then, when the last film came out, she felt that she I, well, I didn't want to out. see
2: the I didn't want to see the films until I finished reading the books. I read up to book four.
1: Yeah, but then, but then, when you know the last film came out, she's like, "Oh, I'm going to miss a real cultural moment." So she spent all day, one whole day, watching all of the Harry Potters. We went around her place to pick her up. And she was like speeding through these films because she was running out of time. <laughs> movie, movie seven, part one is on, and this is where Dobby dies. And I just have this very clear memory of Rach bursting into tears, being like, "Not Dobby! <laughs> Dobby can't die!" I actually fast-forwarded through it and I had know. to go back. <laughs> Okay. and I just didn't understand how you could be so upset when you just sped through the film I think you were just emotionally wrecked I feel it's like you were kind of like
0: day. sitting like a slightly ahead of us really leaning forward towards your laptop and then you just I have this vision of you just kind of turning back <laughs> to look at us over <laughs> your shoulder with like a tear running down your face not be <laughs>
1: um yeah, I Daniel Radcliffe is a terrible suggestion and he's not he's not just sit with it you and just, think about him for a second stole the dunst cap out from under no, my feet because he one. can look
2: sort of like wild and ill and like like <laughs> I can just picture him like going slightly insane about Kathy like especially after Kathy dies and he's like haunt me forever Kathy like Daniel Radcliffe would be out there doing that He's probably out there doing that in his real life. How can Harry Potter be Heathcliff? I just. Are you kidding? No. When Harry Potter's wearing the thing. <laughs> <laughs> For a wild second there, I, th- I was like, oh shit, am i getting confused with Lord of the Rings. But he also goes kind of crazy by wearing some bad magic something, doesn't he?
0: <laughs> what on earth are you talking about?
1: She's talking about the Horcrux. <laughs> They, they
0: have to wear oh, that whole, the crux whole crux. Their Yeah, just, I I don't know how Toby. to engage with this. So. <laughs> I'm gonna have to cut this from the episode. Maybe I'll release it as a bonus. No, please don't cut
1: it. I really think I really think our listeners need <laughs> need to see how dark this goes. Oh God. Okay, ins- inspirational and dance fix. Let's go. <sighs> Okay, so the inspirational pick of the week for me was Christian Bale.
0: Surely we can't pick our own ones. Yeah, I don't maybe see can't. why not. <laughs> I do see why not.
1: Oh, I don't know. I'm really torn. For oh, to me, it would be
2: 100% Jafar.
1: 100% Jafar. Oh, yeah. I think that's the inspirational pick, Jafar.
2: Yay. Yeah. I
1: like I like the Netherlands storyline. That's nice. <laughs> we feel the We've built of that out. Yeah. Yeah. Who gets dunce of the week? Brad Pitt's energy. Oh, come on. Daniel Radcliffe is so much worse. I think you've edged me out there.
2: No, because Daniel Radcliffe has much better reasoning. See, I I feel
0: like, I I sort of feel like the difference here is that Rachel slightly knows that she's being ridiculous. Whereas I feel like Roxanne, you started talking about Brad Pitt, you sort of thought you were saying something real.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. Go on. Which is...
2: And also... And Daniel Radcliffe was like a an, wasn't actually an official pick. That yeah. that's, All right, that's true.
1: That's so. true. All right, the but then also Brad
0: Pitt big. wasn't an official pick. But
1: no, it wasn't. I just said that there's not that many actors around, now, like at the moment, with that sort of like angry energy,
2: <laughs> including Brad Pitt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll take the dance cap. I still think it belongs to you, but I'll take it. <laughs>
0: it's 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 an honor in its own in its own way. <laughs>
1: Well, thanks for listening, guys. Daniel Radcliffe is so much worse than Radvick. I can't believe you guys.